Hi, I'm Andras Jones, the host of Radio 8 Ball, the daily podcast from Starburns Audio, where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions, like picking musical tarot cards. And on this week's episode, we are featuring singer-songwriter Anya Marina, whose new web series, Anya Marina, Independent Woman, is available from Warner Sound. The series features Kate Walsh, Nigel Fullerton, Ian Fidance, and other funny, talented friends of Anya's who join us to ask a question for the Pop Oracle on our show. Now, for the next two weeks, we're making a limited-run t-shirt featuring the cover of Anya's Radio 8 Ball episode available. Just go to the Radio8Ball.com and click on the shop link at the top of the page. This offer is good through June 3rd, so... Don't miss out on this opportunity to celebrate your love for Radio 8 Ball and adorn yourself with Anya Marina's face. A podcast network. Hi, I'm Tig Notaro from Premium Blend nine years ago, and you're listening to Radio 8 Ball with Andras Jones. Welcome back to Radio 8 Ball, the show where we answer questions by picking songs at random and interpreting those randomly chosen songs as the answers to the questions like picking musical tarot cards. I'm your host, Andras Jones, and today on Radio 8 Ball, this week on Radio 8 Ball, we are celebrating, attributing, and interpreting the works of the Kinks, primarily the songs of Ray Davies, and his songs are the oracle fodder for our musical divinations. Then they're being performed by Willie Wisely, Colleen Green, and Bart Davenport. And uh, one of the songs is mine. And who knows? Who, who knows? It might else come in and sing a song. Crazy things happen on a synchronicity show. So, But we do know who's asking the questions, at least on this segment, because we are now joined in the studio, not by phone, actually making his way through the wilds of Burbank to make it to the studio. A man recommended by our one of our guests, Colleen Green. Welcome to Radio 8 Ball, Joe Quazala. Hello. Hi. Hi. We're here face to face. We're here face to face. You do people do other nick I would imagine your name lends itself to a whole lot of nicknames. Well, the people, Quaz. Quaz comes up every once Quasi. in a while. People like to go Joe because the last name's just so difficult. They try to just kind of avoid it altogether. Yeah, I was like that until I had to say it on the air. And now as soon as I said it correctly and and got it out there, I was like, oh, there's a plethora of Nick. If I saw him coming yeah. down the street, I'd be gay, quasi. You can have fun with it once you understand it. Yeah. Yeah. So, do, But uh, what are the what's the go-to for people who know you well enough to? I, I If there's ever one, it, it's, it's Quaz. Quaz. Not yeah. the Quaz, just Quaz. No, the Quaz seems a little too much, don't you think? I don't know. I mean, you're a you are a celebrity guest on our show, so I. So maybe I am. Maybe for tonight, you're, yeah. the Quaz. You are the Quaz. Big deal. Big deal. So, well, I am kind of curious mm-hmm. how how Colleen came to know you, but you were here to talk about the Kinks. So yes, let's talk about the Kinks. Uh-huh. I would assume that she knows you because you're both cool cats roaming around LA, being yeah. We met up at the Cool Cat Convention. The Cool Cat Convention, which is yes. here in Burbank, so yeah. convenient. Yeah. Yes, it's convenient. For the cool cats to meet here, Colleen and Quaz. It's a lot of 
It's very kinky. All this quad, this K is just nuts. Yeah. So, how did you get into the Kinks? What's your oh, man, What's your kink, kink story? So, uh, you my, toured with them in the '70s. Yeah, you know when. What well, was actually when they couldn't play in America? I went over there because, right? You know, I had to I had to find them uh, because of their brotherly disputes. Uh, no, it's 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 through my dad, uh, through my dad's record collection. That's uh, a, a a fine way to discover a band of their era. Yeah, I think so. And, and you know, they're although. They're important. They're not as ubiquitous as the Beatles or the Rolling Stones. And my dad had those records as well. But it was the the Kinks ones that really stuck out to me as, yeah. as seeming, even though again they're super popular and famous. But like they're just slightly more underground than the Beatles or the Stones, uh, which made them cooler to me. Yeah. You know, when I was eleven or twelve, uh, and that's kind of how I got into it. And then I, I started to on my own look into uh, the albums and, and trying to listen to the, the full albums and there's a lot there's a lot to get through I don't think I've heard every King song there's so much oh yeah I don't yeah I don't think anyone has it's impossible to do <laughs> it's 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 literally impossible no. um, so do you have an era that you gravitate to yeah I mean what, what you would probably call the classic era which, I, there, I would say they have at least three several classic, classic eras. eras yeah but I, I you know I love Village Green and, and something else and Arthur and face to face I think those might have been if not back to back within the so the mid 60s like the yeah late late 60s yeah yeah, yeah that's I, I love that stuff but also the you know who doesn't love you really got me in all day and all the night, you know? And then also, who doesn't love come dancing? So yeah, there are a lot of eras. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you're and you're leaving out the the whole early like the, it's it's not as well loved, but it's one of my favorite eras, the early seventies, the from Mus- Muswell Hillbillies, Schoolboys in Disgrace, and Soap Opera. That's those three mm-hmm. are very high on my on my list. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's there's a lot to love. But then there are big, but even as much of a fan as I think I am, there are some big holes in my Kinks knowledge. There are records that I have put on and listened to, and like this, I don't. This is how is this the Kinks? And I, and I, whenever that happens, I assume that the problem is with me, not with them. I'll it eventually is. get yeah, it. Yeah, totally. But like, there's like the like a three record version of the Village Green Preservation what? Act. It's not Village Green Preservation Society. They had this whole other Preservation Act. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a there's a double album that I've stayed away from mostly because I've been told it's not great. I preservation. I dipped into it once and that was my experience. Yeah, it doesn't but, grab you maybe the way yeah. the other albums do. Yeah, but you know, it's always interesting to me when someone. Well, I mean, that, I guess that's it. Does not so much so with the Kinks. There's something about the Kinks. It's almost amazing that they have that they were they managed to be so ambitious while also being seemingly kind of lazy. You know, yeah. the, like as opposed, like they weren't, they, they, maybe that's what you're saying. Like they're all, like they, you, you can't be lazy and be that creative and, and popular, prolific, yeah. but compared to say the who or the Beatles, the ambition yes. to be on it. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's nice about yes. it is that laziness. It feels mm-hmm. like casual, like, oh, we just, they were not at by any means like savvy businessmen the way that there was, you know, if you look at. Mick Jagger or Paul McCartney, that you have people who want to take over the world, right? You have those are figures who are so obsessed with uh, themselves, and you don't really. I mean, there's definitely ego going on in the Kinks, but you don't you don't sense that drive to kill everything in its path and and be on top of the world the way you do with those other ones. It, it, there's more of a. It's more about the music, man. 
And also, it's a lot of songs about trying to get away from all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a, a desire, like, I want to be an ape man up in the trees, and I want like, I, I don't belong in this place. I'm not like everybody else. I'm like, go away. Mm-hmm. Leave me alone. I just want to... <laughs> right. Yeah. Don't come to our shows, I guess. Yeah, just... we, we don't want you. <laughs> we just want to go hang out uh, on the animal farm. We just want to... Yeah. Yeah. So okay, well, uh, and and uh, we're gonna get to your question. But what did I? I didn't even introduce you. What what do you what do you do? What's your thing? Oh yeah, I'm a stand-up comedian, uh, and I uh, am a writer and performer. In Holly, and you from LA? Not originally. I, I've lived here for about six years, but I, I grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, Okay, well, what is your what is your kinks inspired question okay. for the pop oracle? So I, based around, you know, it, it's award season for movies just ended, right? Yeah. And Bohemian Rhapsody picked up a lot of awards, and I think the story of the kinks would be very well suited for a biopic. There's, uh, you know, that that we talked a little bit about the, the kind of brotherly conflict. I think there is an interesting movie to be made of the kink story and my question would be when will we get a kinks biopic when will we get a kinks biopic that divides viewers the way that bohemia rhapsody no uh when will we get a kinks biopic and now to engage the pop oracle you get to spin Ooh. The Wheel of Eight. Okay, and here we go. Na, 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 na. <laughs> we love eight. Should I give it a big spin? No, no, no. Was I said I was, was I gave, fine. I gave you a bad version of the theme of the wheel song. You gave me a bad spin. It's all very good. And song number six is what that movie will be called, of course, Waterloo Sunset. Oh, of course. Beautiful. One, two. Dirty old river Must you keep rolling Rolling into the night People so busy make me feel dizzy. Taxi lights shine so bright, and I don't need no friends. As long as I gaze on Waterloo Sunset, I am in paradise. Feel of 
As long as I gaze on Waterloo sunset, I am in paradise. Beloved song, Waterloo Sunset, from something else, else. I believe. And that was so good. That was was performed by Bart Davenport, and that was the answer to Joe's question. When will we see a Kinks biopic? Definitely called Waterloo Sunset. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good. Give the people what they want. Maybe I don't know. You really got me. Any of them could be. There's a lot of good titles there, but that would be. It would have been called "You Really Got Me" if it had come out in 1983. Right, right. (laughs) But it didn't. Didn't happen then. So. So Waterloo Sunset is taken. Yeah, it might be more something a little less obvious. Yeah, yeah. Um, The La Bamba of. Of uh, London, right, right. the great balls right. of fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, well, let's uh, let's talk for first. I go to to Bart. When I reached out to you about the about this, I think you're the first person I I asked about participating, and you wrote back. Said so I said, would you be interested in be doing a Kinks tribute Radio Eight Ball? And you're like, yes, if I can do Waterloo Sunset. And I was like, of course. Uh, but what was it? Why you know? Clearly, you have a strong relationship to that song. I think so. I actually was just in London uh, over the last summer, mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, had to take a train from Waterloo Station. So mm-hmm. you know, it's like you know, you can't not think of the song when mm-hmm. you go there, right? And uh, so I think the beautiful thing about that song and about Ray's writing from that period, especially. Uh, is the way he really captures uh, London life and English life, and and uh, so for those of us who grew up listening to those songs, mm-hmm. it's like we knew so much about London before we ever went there. Yeah, we have all yeah. these like words yeah. and terms that we don't know yeah. what they mean, but they're yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> it's like the first trip I ever made to London. You know, got off at Heathrow onto the tube. And literally got out at Wilston Green 
Mm-hmm. And it was like between Zadie Smith and Ray Davies, it was like I already knew this place. I literally got out of this tube station and recognized the place. Yeah. Because that's how evocative the lyrics to his songs are of that place. I mean, he is more of that city than, you know, he is, well, he is as of that city as like the Beach Boys are of California or like yeah. Lou, Lou Reed is to New York. Or so, right. You know, it's like that emblematic. And, and I think, and I and you and you'll ne- we'll never know but but i think that partially we can trace it back to the musicians union in in america banning the band and that kind of they, for- forcing them to be there they were stuck they they, they, they couldn't they, tour they, they couldn't tour america yeah, right. they could only tour europe and you know and england and so they i think it forced the group to maybe be more english because mm-hmm. they all those it's just interesting that all that British social commentary, looking at English life, London life in particular, all of that coincides with Ray not being able to tour the U.S. And because, at, I don't know if everyone knows the story, yeah. but the American, some maybe the L.A. Musicians Union or somebody. They pissed off someone. And, yeah, and yeah. they were banned. And they were not, they only came here once in 1964 and then they were not allowed back until what year? 69? 70? Yeah, it wasn't until maybe the 70s. Yeah, yeah wasn't yeah. it Lola? I think it was around the time of Lola that, that, and the Power Man, and so then, 70, 71. So, yeah. And then lucky for them, there had been this whole cult audience for them all along. And then when they came back, it, when they did finally come back to the States, I think they really yeah. blew up here. But, but it's I, like... I, I would say, because I, I agree with that, and there's all, there, at the same time, they are like all of the other... British bands at the time, they're all playing catch up with the the Beatles in a certain way. And the Beatles are also like the Beatles were able to come to America, but they were also reveling in this Abbey Road and Strawberry Fields and painting pictures of this place. So I think the probably the combination like they had an example of like, oh, uh, people will listen to us singing about. Streets in London. Yeah, but I don't think so. I think it's the reverse. You think that the Beatles yeah. are looking at There's the kinks? There's so many examples where Ray was first. Like, See My Friends Bring it. was See My Friends is before Norwegian Wood. Mm. Like, there's so many examples. If anything, and I'm sure, uh, yeah, if, if anything, I think Ray and the kinks made an atmosphere possible where uh, Lennon McCartney thought, hey, maybe we could be writing songs about Penny Lane. Instead that, of trying to be American. I, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I actually think it's the reverse. Okay. Like he made yeah. it possible for for them to think, oh, well, maybe we should get in on that vibe. You know, yeah, that's what I think. Hey, I I I, I uh, generally defer to you in and, matters of and, rock history. And uh, Pete Townsend always said that uh, he literally wrote "I Can't Explain" trying to sound like a Kink song. I he actually which tracks if Pete you Townsend. To oh yeah, it, yeah. come yeah. on, Joe, come on, we're taking up the con- yeah, all the air. No, 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 no. I'm just listening. I, I think your theory is, is uh, sound. And, and I like it. And if you listen to I Can't Explain, yeah, it just sounds like a, an early, like a, an attempt to be, you really got me. Or, yeah. Trendsetters from the very start. Yeah. But, but would, if they had spent 64 to 70 relentlessly coming back to the States and being pop stars here, would Ray have had the time and the inclination to write all those wonderful songs about England? I, I think you're absolutely, I think th- that yeah, makes a lot not. of sense. That makes a lot yeah. of sense. Yeah. I mean, clearly. I mean, the thing is that the fact the this it's one of those things about synchronicity work. Like, 
people ask like, well, it, does it does it work? It's like, well, it always works in retrospect, mm-hmm. and in the same same way, it's like in retrospect, how it happened happened was the way it had to happen. Like, clearly, he was he was banned from the states. He stayed in England. He wrote these songs. They are a document of something that would not have happened if he was on airplanes and buses. And mm-hmm. but maybe we, we saw that. what happened when it was. He started writing about the record business. Right. He started, yeah. He started writing, you know, Lola and right. Schoolboys in Disgrace and soap opera, and it was a to- it was all about showbiz because that's what go. he was experiencing. Yeah. And not being stuck in his in his his fancy in his estate with his tea and his biscuits and his thoughts of a better time right in the past yeah, yeah. uh so well let, let's go to the to the question here joe your question was about making the movie yeah right so did you find anything in the song i had some ideas but did you find anything in the song that made you think of when or if we're going to get this this kinks film well it feels like it'll be directed by a, a terry or a julie okay <laughs> maybe julie tamor who terry did, uh, gilliam he, Terry, Terry Gill- Gilliam yeah. and J- Julie Taymor. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Ter- They're getting together. I'm getting, actually, I was kind of down on the idea, but Terry Gilliam doing a Kinks, uh, you know, yeah. that, I, that's more interesting. I'm sure he's yeah. a fan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And we might never see it. Because sorry, ter- <laughs> Terry's productions tend to be doomed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but well, but it'd be so great to think of. That's the thing I love about Terry Gilliam's films now is that we have decades to think about them before we actually get to see them. <laughs> sure. Um, if we do. So uh, yeah, and I, I, you know, the million, the millions of people. Uh, yeah. That that felt like a premiere. Like a, that felt sort of felt like mm-hmm. a premiere vibe. But there was also something about the song where. He's talking about this moment, this perfect moment that can't be captured in a way like and there's a part of me that feels like I I, I guess it's just my, I don't like I hate I I don't think there are, and there are very few music biopics that I like. Have there been any that are good? I think I, I like the Gansborg one. It's pretty good. OK. OK. I'm not familiar with that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Who's who's in that? Uh, some French guy. Okay. Uh, did you like Backbeat? I thought Backbeat yeah, I was liked okay. It a little bit. I like Back, but that was I like that because it was before they became the beat. So it's like we yeah. didn't. I don't like when you have the real thing to compare it to because the whoever it is always pale is either doing a dumb impression of it, like mm-hmm. I mean, like Val Kilmer doing Jim Morrison, like he's doing a good dumb impression of a thing, but uh-huh. he's not giving more. And I, you don't. It's sort of like if you give more or different, you don't get what you want because you still want. Ray Charles or Johnny Cash or whoever these people are. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the Beatles before they made it. So, like, we never got to see them. So it feels a little bit more like, okay, I'll buy that that's what they were like before they became the guys that we knew, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, it just feels like anytime a biopic is made, for some reason, they always uh, they bend towards obvious, towards, yeah. you know, like a, a moment in the bad Kinks biopic would be like, well, boys, you're going to be touring in America forever. You know, that, the, like, <laughs> very, <laughs> the very winky, like, oh, we don't have knowledge of the future, but you, the viewer, do, and you can see it in our eyes. And you usually have, like, well, it's like with Queen, they had to they had to make everyone in the band happy about the way they think about themselves. <laughs> and that's what happened with the, the, the Strange Days, with the Doors thing. Like, uh, Pamela, the, the Pamela, his ex, his wife's who died's family, didn't like the, how she was, like, the way she was, and so they made her into, like, this a 
a very different character than she was in real life, and then that mm -hmm. throws the whole balance of the film out. So, yeah, so in a way, there's something about the song that I could see Ray sort of saying, just enjoy the music, people. And just, <laughs> you know, and that it's, the song is, is captures this really specific kind of British mm -hmm. humility. There's mm -hmm. something about not wanting for a whole lot. Mm -hmm. There's all these millions of people around the station, and there's all this, like, this, it's this jam-packed part of town, and it's like, there's all this, so busy, and he just wants to relax, and, like, Terry and Julie, they're like this quaint little cute couple who just, they don't, they only need each other, and they only need to just cross over that river, it doesn't take very long, and then they feel safe and sound, and it's just like, there's this cute kind of humility to it that is is about not wanting for too much i think mm -hmm. so i don't know if that ties in with the question too too much other than maybe you know that ray might not be interested in being yeah. celebrated on that level or something you know yeah <laughs> so that could be that that you know it may never happen but mm -hmm. if you're saying when will it happen, uh, maybe it'll happen at sunset. The sunset of the of of the Davies brothers' lives, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like right. Yeah. <laughs> at the end. <laughs> okay. Which, yeah. Or and and that also yeah like maybe uh, maybe something will happen with Terry or Julie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good, good clues. <laughs> which which wait you mean in terms of Terry Gilliam and Julie Taymor yeah. or yeah yeah or. I think there's other Terry's. Oh, there have to be. Terry yeah. Crews. Yeah. Yeah, Terry Crews would play a good Ray Davis. <laughs> I think Terry Bradshaw Terry. <laughs> should definitely be involved because that would be incredible. Yeah, get Terry Damn. Bradshaw, Terry Crews, Terry Gross. Uh, all three Terry people who, Gross. who come to mind immediately when no, you I think. Terry Gross has definitely interviewed Ray, right? Uh, you would think. Yeah, I guess she's had such a long career and of yeah. interviewing the best people, so you would assume. I want to hear their two voices. I need to f go find the archive of that episode because I just want to hear their two voices next to each other. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. It's yeah. like, it'd be yeah. very, very soothing. Yeah, totally. Very Terry. But, hello, Terry. <laughs> so good to be here with you today. I wish I had a good Terry Grace Gross voice, but I don't. And then what if Dave was there? <laughs> Is that Terry Gross? That's Dave. Dave. I'm oh. Dave. Oh, I'm sorry. My voice is higher. <laughs> sorry. Who can you do? Can you do Terry Gross? No. What, no. But I I heard an old old episode of Terry's from before she was syndicated, and it was like the late '80s, maybe. Okay. And she had this jazz musician on, and first of all, her voice was way higher because she's way younger, mm -hmm. and she was speaking nonstop super jazz vernacular she's all so yeah so how many tunes do you cats have in your book <laughs> <laughs> that's great you yeah. don't expect that from the distinguished early, terry gross yeah early terry she was like really into jazz as yeah. obviously mm -hmm. we know yeah. that but like she would talk all jazz like she spoke, used the slang she was using like words from mose allison songs and stuff like sure in you? her <laughs> questions she's like yeah it was i loved it it was really Sure, sure, you weren't listening to what's it's the woman? What's the woman? The Mary McPart Mary uh, McPartland is that her name? The the woman who does the the jazz. That's a musician I 
have not listened to a lot. But anyway, yeah, she was. Yeah, she has the she has the radio, the syndicated radio show oh, where she talks does. with jazz musicians. I think I'm getting. The but name she's right also a, a composer musician yeah. herself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, more rabbit yeah. holes. But before yes. we let you go, Joe, this is going to be coming out in May. Okay, great. Anything people should be looking for from you? Um, in May, well, I'm going to be starring in the new Kinks biopic. Yeah, I think I could play a good Pete Quaif. A good Quaif. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah I, I have a podcast of my own. It's about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It's called Who Cares About the Rock Hall? Oh, good. That's uh, For a second there, I was going to have to throw you out. <laughs> I, have, I have a very negative feeling towards the Rock Hall. Yeah, but... most most people do. Uh, and But I think it's a fun thing to talk about. I think it can spur a lot of great discussion. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. What's, uh, so what is what's what's the format of your show? Do you just talk about the Rock Hall of Fame, or do you focus on an artist? We, or? D- we have our guests come in with an artist who's not in the hall and make uh, the case for them. Yeah, and then we I have a list of criteria that I think is, is pretty uh, solid in terms of predicting if uh, a band will get in. We go through that and we, we just kind of discuss if they will, when, you know, how long will it take? Do they get in on their first ballot, etc. I would love to come on your show and you set the hall on fire. Yeah, dude. You'll you'll come out of it with, I think, uh, perhaps a, a slightly different worldview. I... That's the power of my own podcast. <laughs> okay. Wow. Well, yeah, worldview. Yeah. yeah, see if you can change <laughs> my perspective. Wor- <laughs> you can change my worldview. Uh, even if you can change my view of the hall in any way, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Didn't the zombies finally get in? This year, yeah. And, you know, Jim... From the Zombies' uh, recent lineup, uh, died in January. The bass player was in the late 70s Kinks lineup. Yeah, what's his name? It's like Atkinson or something, yeah, right? I think it was Jim? Rodford or Rodman. Okay, I'm thinking Paul Atkinson. Uh, yes. Different. Different guys. Yeah, different. That's original. Right, yes. Yeah, no, but this guy, Jim, that played bass in their most recent lineup until he recently passed away mm-hmm. and he just got replaced. But that guy was uh, in Argent, and also then when, when Argent split or ended, he joined the Kinks, so he mm-hmm. was in the Kinks for like a pretty long time. Yeah. He's on, like, give the people what they want and stuff. Yeah. King, so. The Kinks and the Zombies uh, share some DNA. Yeah. Uh, some good DNA. Yeah. 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 That's uh, Give me some of that DNA. I'll <laughs> yeah. take a little bit of that DNA. <laughs> Inject it right <laughs> into my fucking heart. <laughs> right, right, yeah. I feel like we all did. I feel like, in a way, we did. By listening to that music, we injected a little bit of that DNA into our heart. Hell yeah. Yeah. It was great. That was, that was a beautiful rendition. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot, Joe. Mm-hmm. And uh, the name of the podcast is? Who Cares About the Rock Hall? You can find us on Twitter at Rock Hall Pod. Baby, get into it. Okay. I am ready to do some anger listening to your podcast. You'll love it. Oh, I'm I... telling you. Worldview. Okay. Worldview. We'll leave it on that. Thanks a lot, Joe. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Radio 8 Ball. We hope today's musical divination brings and brought the sync to you wherever you are. For more info about our show, visit Radio8Ball.com, where you'll find the Radio 8 blog, our Patreon campaign, and where you can download our Radio 8 Ball app that allows you to engage the pop oracle directly in the form of every song ever performed in the history of Radio 8 Ball. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you give us good reviews and ratings, that really helps get the word out. Until next time, I'm your host, Andras Jones, wishing you lots of spine-tingling synchronicities, connections with the natural world, and all the inspiration you can handle. It's the Radio Show. It's a good show. <laughs>